than a game, your third favourite alternative football podcast. Uh, We've had one week off the Premier League and boys, it was a long week. Uh, I was away last week and I missed you guys. I was. If you guys didn't didn't notice. notice. (laughs) Didn't add much. We've been flooded on the Facebook page with messages of bring back Andy. Where's Andy? Is he okay? have dropped off. But look, (laughs) anyway, it's all good. It's good to be back here in the City Road Hashden studio. The sheets are as they were. (laughs) Also, this week we've had a few birthdays, both myself and Tommy. Tommy, how does it feel? How does it feel to be a podcast veteran? Are you now the two guy of podcasts? The two guy. (laughs) He was the most obscure old player I could think of in the Premier League. Yeah, that's that's pretty obscure. But um, yeah, look, it it honestly feels very similar to uh, to last week, to be honest. But um, it's uh, it is interesting now that Colby and I are going to be. Fighting to see who can who can break the uh, or who can be the longest standing the appearance podcast. record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say to outlive each other, and it's I don't know. <laughs> anyway. the way I'm living, probably Colby will win that one. <laughs> well, let's not get into that just yet. Um, what we should get into is our moment of the week. All right, moment of the week, which, as you know, needs no introduction. Uh, Colby. What have you got for us this week? My moment of the week this week is AS Roma's Twitter feed. Sure, I mean, it's moment of the week every week. Shout out to Roma. But this week in particular, they put out their uh, schedule, their social media schedule, daily schedule, uh, following on from Mark Wahlberg earlier in the week, putting out his workout schedule, which includes things like <laughs> a 2.30am wake-up time, a 1.5-hour allotment for a shower... Don't know what he's doing in there. Uh, a one-hour cryo session every day and a 30-minute round of golf. Uh, so then AS Roma followed that up with their own schedule beginning at 2.30 a.m. And some of the, I'll just read you out some of the highlights from that. Uh, 2.45 a.m., check notifications, ignore hilarious Where's Malcolm replies to the new kit tweet. <laughs> uh, 9.30, uh, like Leverkusen's latest tweet attacking Bayern's US account. <laughs> Thought it was pretty tasty. 3.30 p.m., Tweet joke about United, always good. Uh, and 8pm, switch to personal Twitter and like and retweet all of Roma's tweets. Nice. I just thought it was a great bit of social media. Keep it up. Nice. That's a little bit like the um, more than a game routine, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I mean, we've got... We've got it's a little bit too close to vote, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> we switch to personal like, accounts and like everything. Yes, that's what I was referring to. But also the... Also, um, solid social media game. Yeah. Um, can we just go back to the one and a half hour shower time? But no, let's 30 not. minute round of golf. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a man that probably follows Mark Wahlberg's personal workout routine, don't you? Don't oh, you? Well, especially the the shower time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and we're not into own goal yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Confused, uh, Tommy. What's stood out for you this week? Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, after uh, my moment of the week being from Brazil last week, this week we're a bit more local. Um, mine is from the National Premier League, Victoria. Um, we're in uh, one of the playoffs between Avondale and Bentley Greens for, for a spot in the final. Um, look, it's gone to, gone to extra time after it being Wasn't one this all. a cracking game? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the epitome of finals <laughs> football, right? Yeah. Um, and, and knockout football. Anyway, so... It's one all at, uh, at the end of regulation time, and then um, Bentley have gone up 3-1. Five minutes left to play, you think, yeah, Bentley have got this in the bag. And then um, basically out of nowhere, Avondale get a uh, get a goal from a um, from a set piece. Uh, it was an own goal. Um, and then managed to, to get another one back in very similar circumstances. And then basically, remember, this is all in the last five minutes of injury time, I remind you. Um, and then as um, basically it's the last kick of the game and Avondale get a, get a free kick on the, the edge of the penalty area and um, um, upsteps one of the Avondale players and yeah, manages to absolutely slot it in the top right-hand corner and uh, off they go, having scored three goals in the last five minutes of, uh, of extra time, which 
What is, a moment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and they're still in the FFA Cup um, and are just doing everything right, it seems, at the moment, If even though if they are leaving it to right till the end. I was going to say, except for the first 90 minutes and, well, and all the rest of it. <laughs> first 115 15 minutes. minutes yeah. <laughs> the magic of the Cup. Yeah. Amen. Andy? Uh, two moments of the week for me. Um, the first is Zlatan Ibrahimovic's 500th goal. Uh, we put it up on the page this morning, and if you haven't seen it, do yourselves a favour. For the combat sports fans out there, it's like a turning axe kick to direct a ball into the corner. It's something special. But, he's a big dude. Like That's a, oh, yeah. a massive effort just to be able to get his leg up that high. And he, he's done so much freaky stuff like that, but especially to do it for the 500th goal, was, it was pretty special. And the best thing is when he celebrated, he didn't really. He just walked back to the centre circle. It's just like, a like a game of futsal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dead as Latan. Um, yeah. Another guy that loves to dare to Latan and is certainly outspoken, Troy Deeney. Um, gave a great interview during the week. Uh, he's very, very honest, Troy Deeney, and I'll just give you some of the highlights. Um, one thing we've always talked about is Troy Deeney is a big man, and he made a comment. He said, um, you know, can you guys please do me a favour and mention how small I am? Everyone talks about me being so big and a big target guy, but I'm only six foot. Chris Smalling's six four. Fair enough. Uh, other highlights? Four it, inches can make all the difference sometimes. Hey! <laughs> We're not talking Check about our goals. <laughs> um, uh, he talked about his addictive personality. He said, if I do drink, it's not just one or two, it's 15. Then you're pissed and go get a kebab. You don't get a vegan burger, do you? <laughs> we know a bloke like this. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if I'm about to steal your thunder at all here, but uh, was it the same interview where he announced that he'd been in jail uh, as, a, as a youngster? Like... Am I stealing your thunder? Maybe that's a different one. That was my... I had one other highlight, and I'll get to that. All right, sorry. sorry. Keep going, keep going. Before I <laughs> and, just completely um, crushed you. No, moment of the week. all good, all good. They were talking about uh, last season, he made that comment about Arsenal having a lack of cojones. Yeah. And, um, you know, he basically said, too many people want to be told how great they are. Just be happy with yourself. We've all got flaws. I don't know if that's what he was referring to the jail thing, but he then said, I've got a big head and teeth like a shark. So what? It is what it is. <laughs> I love that. Love a bit of honesty from a from a footballer. He seems really down to earth, doesn't he? Like he seems like he'd be a great lad to get on the field with. I God, I hope he's a pundit at the end of his career. He's yeah. a guy you want on your team, but you hate to play against him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he would he would kick you, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yep. And now that brings us to own goal. Uh, again, no introduction required. Coles. Coles football fail for the week. Football fail for the week. Um, I'm scratching my head at who to attribute this one to. So during the week, um, staying on the um, staying on the FFA Cup subject, I suppose uh, there are a couple of clubs that have been linked with a couple of very famous names, far superstars, out, far superstars. outside of their station. So I'm not sure who to give this one to. Uh, but you had Avondale during the week, who was who had allegedly or reportedly made an approach to Pilo. Uh, to play in a one-off FFA Cup match. And, I mean, that was promptly shot down, as we all would expect. No one expects that to be serious or have a serious chance of coming off. And then you have uh, Apia Leichhardt, uh, another club um, who are still in the FFA Cup, who made an offer to Francesco Totti, um, also for a FFA Cup appearance. Um Two things stood out about this to me. Um, and one, and, and Vince Regari on Twitter put this uh, out there, well, you know, articulated this much better than I could. And basically what he said about it is that it's a cheap publicity stunt from clubs who have otherwise built pretty genuine local reputations. Yeah. And, you know, you've got people criticising the Mariners uh, for bringing in Bolt, taking the spot of a hard-working Aussie who could have come up from an NPL club, and then they go and do this. Yeah, I'd feel for the bloke who plays for Avondale who would lose his spot to Perlo. But the, the, the frustrating thing so is... So, the entire team. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what are we talking about? The frustrating thing is that it's never going to happen, but uh, news outlets are obliged to pick it up because it's news. If, if factually, if they can fact-check and, and these clubs have actually made an approach, that they deem that as news, and then it's going to be sort of picked up by everyone for a cheap headline. That's, that's I guess, the most frustrating thing about this, and, and I, don't, I don't actually want to give it any more oxygen than it's got on Twitter already this week uh, and other social media, but... Yeah, it's, I just wish it would go away. Yeah. Okay, let's not give it any more oxygen then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tommy? 
Um, so I had a couple this week, and I guess I'll start with the quick one, which was uh, Hugo Lloris who was given his uh, punishment from his him being found guilty of drink driving, which was a fifty thousand pound uh, fine, and he's also been banned from driving for twenty months. So that's um, do you think that's enough, boys? It's enough money. A bit harsh. I believe it's uh, uh, it's relative to Percentage, your, yeah. Yeah, your, your weekly salary. That'd so. be like me getting charged 350 bucks. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it would um, really sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Um, and my other one was, um, so there was a bit of a storm on, on Twitter this week about, it was, probably was a, was a minor storm, maybe just a zephyr, about a... a uh, what? A, <laughs> a light breeze instead of a storm. Anyway, so there was a, a Liverpool fan has uh, oh. has gotten married during the week, um, and then they've played You Never Walk Alone um, at his wedding. And that's probably not... Sounds like that, moment of the week to me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cringe. Anyway, what what was interesting, though, was he's, he's friends with a lot of Everton fans, and some of them have walked out of the <laughs> wedding um, because they're like... Yeah, nah, stuff this, I'm out. Um, and that is probably, I think that's the uh, the the interesting part of this is um, for some people, I think it's cringeworthy that he's played You Never Walk Alone at his wedding. But the own goal is the blokes who walked out. Oh, see, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think. Know. I mean, look, you guys will get married sh- before me. If you guys play <laughs> ABBA, I'll probably leave. <laughs> yeah, we, we all know a bloke who'd play ABBA at his wedding. Yeah, it's not me. Shout out to Steve, baby. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was a dick at me. No, oh, would you? <laughs> okay. We went and saw Mamma Mia last weekend. Oh, yeah. It was actually really good. I really enjoyed it. So, it so you've got three own goals <laughs> this weekend. All right. <laughs> it wasn't under duress. Keep so, me okay. Um, so, so his mates walked out of the wedding. Well, yeah, so some of them walked out. I don't know if it was like the... Um, uh, the the groomsmen or anything like that, but um, I guess it's controversial. And may, maybe what we might do this week is is uh, put it up on the the Facebook page to say, would you walk out if uh, um, at a at a mate's wedding they played your your rival's uh, song uh, during the wedding? Good question. <laughs> Good question. Good question. Good question. And we will be coming to more questions later. Um, my own goal for the week. Oh God, I hate to keep doing this, but. More mascot chat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, look, we were going to give it its own segment, and I don't want to follow mascots. Like, that's not what I'm I'm into. That's what you do now. That's but your thing. Two, but it's two in a week. It's two in a week. So the first one, and I thought it couldn't get any worse than this, is the Belarusian national team have, for some reason, appointed this giant transformer thing with a sword to be the mascot for the national football team. It's like an Optimus Prime sort of... I mean, what this has to do with football. And it is giant. It's like a seven-foot-tall robot. How many other national teams even have mascots? Exactly. I didn't realise that was even a thing. Since when did they have giant robots in in Belarus? I thought it was like a fairly... um... Unless it was like a Russian piece of military hardware. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, might be no, getting a little too political. Absolutely zero to do with football, and um, yeah, it's shit. But you know what? It's not the worst thing this week. The worst one this yeah, week did you have, yeah. goes to the Philadelphia Union, who have again come up. I don't know who the creative people are, and this budget maybe should be redirected towards some decent players or something like that. But uh, the Philadelphia Union have a giant. Or a snake thing with arms, legs, and a Balotelli mohawk. <laughs> and to unveil their new mascot, they did this weird social media campaign with six part, a six-part video series uh, where they show the snake thing. It actually... they they A kid goes to the supermarket, finds this egg, takes it to the local zoo. It's there under, like... Jurassic Park style observation and eventually hatches into into this stupid snake thing. I just want you to watch how shit the first 10 seconds of the first episode is. This is the kid at the supermarket. Yeah, go on. Can you... When you're ready. Yeah, well, we're having some technical difficulties <laughs> here in the studio. Um, play button, always the hardest to find. I'm pressing play. Here we go. I just want you to watch the face of the guy at the supermarket. A lot of eggs here. Yeah, and wait till you see the other egg in the crate. (laughs) And for some reason, he hasn't noticed it until now. There's a bloke stocking a shelf shelf. for all all of the people listening to this uh, highly visual gag. (laughs) That's the bit I can't. Oh, the egg looks like a football. 
<laughs> oh, that's shit. This we'll definitely shit. have to post that. Yeah. Anyway, you can follow him. Um, the snake's name is Fang, but with a PH. Oh, God. Um, and this is just absolute dog shit. I mean, this is why I'll never follow MLS. <laughs> What's worse, the, the mascot or us doing visual gags on a podcast? The mascot. It was pretty bad. <laughs> All day. I don't mind a visual bag on a, gag on a podcast as long as you can, as long as you can we'll, communicate it. Yeah. We'll make sure we share it. Yeah. In the next 24 hours so people actually know what we're talking about, though. Again, something else we don't want to give any more oxygen to. Uh, it's probably time for us to get into the week's Premier League action. Uh, let's do it. All right, straight into last night's Premier League matches. So we'll start off with probably what was the most eagerly anticipated of the games after Watford Manchester United was of course after Watford, yeah, was Spurs <laughs> Liverpool. So Spurs hosted uh, Liverpool at Wembley um, and ended up going down two one. So um, in the thirty eighth minute, uh, Jenny Wijnaldum uh, scored and followed up with. Uh, Firmino's goal in the fifty-third minute. Um, Liverpool, uh, sorry, uh, Spurs finally got a goal back. Pretty much in junk time, though. And look, this was, I guess, a for me, it was actually a bit of a disappointing game. I, I went into this game thinking, "Wow, these are two really attacking teams. Like this, this, this could be fireworks." But um, I was actually quite disappointed. I guess mostly because the first half was was not great to watch. Yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, a two-one scoreline sort of suggests that. Um, I mean, there are a couple of goals in the game. Um, you might look at that and think that it um, it's a, it's a that, yeah. tight game. <laughs> um, but actually, the the thing that made it look like that, I think, Tommy, was that yes, there were it was two-one, so there were three goals scored. But actually, there weren't a lot of chances in this game other than that. Yeah, and just looking through my notes now, I'm like, well, and the chances that were created was were as, as a result of an error. Uh, so, for example, like Dyer's back pass in the twenty-first minute, like yeah. Salah couldn't couldn't beat the keeper, and really, sort of in the first half, there were not really a lot of clear-cut chances. No, there wasn't, and um, neither team played with the sort of wit that we tend to see from them. Tommy, you and I watched this one together. We were both saying we barely saw uh, Robertson sort of in um, in in Spurs' half with the ball at all. So all four fullbacks were yeah. so command for the two teams. They. Neither of them really got into the opposition's half a hell of a lot, and I think that was that was very deliberate. It was I think it was tactical, of, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think um, Spurs lost the most out of that strategy because they were playing at home. You'd think, yeah, we're, let's go for this, but um, Wembley's quite a quite a big space as well. It's not a narrow pitch like yes, White Hart Lane yes, of old. So, um, but but they set up in a way that. Um, meant that they were still reliant upon their fullbacks for width and without them getting forward it meant that they were really just trying to play out through the middle which through the middle. and it was I mean, yeah, very very sort of scrappy there's a lot of turnover in the middle and it, yeah they both teams sort of didn't keep the ball on the deck a lot it was it was a lot of um sort of 50-50s and contested ball in, in the air but and and both teams are mobile and and quick enough and defensively pressed really uh really physically so it meant that, yeah, like both teams really struggled to just get a hold of it and string more than sort of half a dozen passes together and, and sort of create any meaningful pressure against the other team. Especially in the first half, yeah, I think um, you saw both teams trying to break up the play really quickly and press each other um, mm-hmm. a, a lot as well. Uh, I mean, one obviously the the scoreline was was two one to Liverpool, um, suggesting that it was quite close. Um, was it quite close? Did it seem that way to you guys, or did it seem that? You know, Liverpool might have dominated this match, and and um, you know Spurs just got a bit of a consolation there right at the end. Well, so for me, there were two chances for Spurs where I went, "Geez, they really should have scored." Then the first one was Lucas Moura just after half time, um, when I went, "Yeah, he really should have scored." Then, like he, I think from memory, he was pretty much on about the penalty spot. Um, yeah, that's and a right. similar one about the 80th minute for Lamella where quite similar sort of uh, moment where they've he's burst through um, dribbling at pace uh, and basically gets not, not quite one-on-one he's still got a defender to beat but yeah, yeah manages to put it wide and you go jeez yeah. like if, if they put either one of those away it's a totally different game then um, but they didn't take the chances and maybe this was sort of a little bit of footballing karma from when they played Man United a couple of weeks ago when they took they the three chances that they took. Yeah, when they weren't playing well. And one extreme um, to the other, really, wasn't it? That, yeah, go on. Oh, I was, was going to say, I, I very much agree with, with Tommy. I thought at any point had Spurs scored, even when it was 1-0, and some, the game could have been completely different because both times 
just before both um, Liverpool goals, I thought Spurs were actually sort of in the ascendancy there and they'd started to turn up the pressure and they were that was when they were creating those chances that they didn't take. And then the next thing they cop a goal and it just sort of took the wind out of their sails a bit and then it would take them another 40 minutes to build up again. <laughs> and Spurs did have those moments, Andy, as you suggest. Um, but I thought for the rest of the game, um, they, were, they were pretty flat and pretty sloppy at times and a few turnovers in bad areas. And aside from Lamella and Lucas... Yeah. No one really stood out in the Spur, in that Spurs team for me. Kane looks so out of sorts yeah. at the moment. Why do you think this is? Well, are we putting it? We are. They are missing Ali. I think that's a big loss for them. Yeah, and Maurice as well. Like obviously yeah. he's not yeah. playing that is the a, field, but and, yeah. and that's like, that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. Michelle Vorm is a big downgrade, and I think we mentioned this uh, in the <laughs> predictions in the predictions pod. Teams like Spurs, City, and I think even Chelsea and United, for yeah. me, all have a very big drop-off between their number one and their number two keepers. Yeah. yeah, we said that at the start, and now we're seeing, you know, we're seeing actually a result of that. And uh, do you think that these kind of clubs could do better, could and should do better? Yeah, well, not everyone's got the keep the keeper depth of uh, Burnley. No, they don't. Have, you know, have jo- you know Joe England's number one in the um, between the sticks. Joe <laughs> England. <laughs> I thought that was intentional for a moment. <laughs> Johnny English. Um, no, that so that they don't. And you're right. It, it is a big drop off. Yes, they can do better. And remember, we also talked about uh, for Spurs at least. Vorm hasn't played for a long time. It's been years. It was it was Tommy that said it that the Does last. Do you remember how to play? Well, the, yeah, well, the last time he from played from last yeah, time I'd say like, probably not. It was like four years ago because last time Larice was out, it was uh, Gazinga, mm. which Bazinga. we also yeah, I have to say his name like that too. Which we also decided sounds like some sort of affirmation when someone says something funny, you yell out Gazinga. It's, it's, it's like a scientist <laughs> makes some like fantastic discovery and they go Ah, Gazinga. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, like <laughs> let's leave that. To a certain extent, they have to they have to sort of have um, you know not a great backup because if you want to get a keeper who's a who's a backup to a player like Loris or De Gea, um, and to be at that standard where they can sort of seamlessly slot in, that's a big ask for a, for someone who is at that standard to be a number two and to sit on the bench for you know ninety percent of the of the season. So I can understand it. Yeah, the formula is normally you have a young guy or an old guy. Yeah, that's or one right. of each. Um, so, two two instances where teams have kind of successfully managed that is Man United, where uh, not Victor Valdez, uh, Romero, Romero. Yeah. he played on all the Europa yeah. League and Cup games, yep. and then you had um, Barcelona a couple of years ago where they had I think it was Testegen playing. As he was right. the number two. Yeah, yeah. Number two. Uh, I can't remember who the second goalkeeper was, but but he Testegen effectively it was Bravo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Bravo. It was another one. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, and so Bravo played uh, in the league games, and yeah. Bravo, play, uh, sorry, uh, Tostegan played all of the cup games, and that was fine for a while, but you can tell that if a, if a keeper's not playing in the league, they're going, yeah, I want to be playing in the league. And if it's an older player or a, or a much younger player, but... Mark I think, Schwarzer. Yeah. Don't give a shit. But Tostegan uh, was... He's won, really got a won. Premier League medal without yeah, playing a minute. One legend. <laughs> Uh, before we move on, I've just got one more observation that I made and question without notice. Do you know who chooses the tunnel music uh, for Premier League or any football club for that matter? I do not know who chooses And did you the... notice the tunnel music? I thought that was a euphemism, actually, tunnel music. No, yeah. when they come, they're lining up and they're ready to, they're ready to come out of the tunnel um, and, and they've, got, they've got music playing. And um, What were they playing? At Wembley, they were playing Jewel of the Fates uh, from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's a regular thing, is it? Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I just I was amazed by this. It's the first time I noticed it. Um, there you go. Yeah, and so um, I don't know whose job that is to pick it, but I want that. Well, could be, well done. Okay, could be the same person who uh, set up Old of uh, uh, kit, which didn't have a Spurs logo on it either. Didn't have the. Didn't it? No, no, apparently not. So I didn't notice that, but I did notice one other thing about the kits, and we've we've talked about it before. And Jesse, who was here uh, last week, is especially a. Has a keen eye for for Premier League kits, but Spurs fade thing that white fade oh. into the blue shorts. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but from distance, I was thinking it just looks like all the players have their shorts up really high. <laughs> like, it looks like a really retro thing from distance, and then you get up close and it's that weird gradient fade thing. But... They're all Harry High pants. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Harry High pants wasn't yeah. doing much, but um, let's move on. Uh, yeah, on to um, City versus Fulham. So this was. I think this was a pretty regulation uh, 3-0 victory for 
uh, for City. They they went up. One thing I would say about this, Tommy, before you get into it, is uh, your your two favourite City players are Bernardo Silva, aka Bilva, and uh, <laughs> David Silva, aka Dilva. Uh, both started and uh, made for a very interesting commentary. Uh, Mainly by me. Yeah. Uh, another guy <laughs> by that... yourself. And <laughs> I was just commentating that while we can. Another guy that did start was uh, Leroy Sane, mm. um, and what a start he had in his first one for the Premier League. He basically um, kicked off. I think it was the third minute. Yeah, second minute. It was yeah, like just ninety seconds in, um, and Fulham Fulham played really aggressively, really mm. open in this game. And look, it could have been a lot more, I think, than 3-0, but I think City really took their foot off the gas after about an oh, hour. And they missed a few yeah. guilt-edged chances in the second half yeah. as well. So, they, yeah. they, yeah, they could have really killed them. I thought Fulham put a lot of pressure. They, they particularly seemed to um, target Kyle Walker. Uh, he was obviously um, in, in the side. He was away last week. Um, obviously, on the other end of the pitch, Ben Mendy was missing. Yeah, where was he? Uh, ben Mendy actually, I think, just had a week off. City have a pretty big, um, pretty heavy run of fixtures coming up, so I think Pep's just resting him. But Mendy actually put out an apology to all fantasy football managers to say what sorry for everyone. I know I've cost you guys a lot of points. It's not my fault. That's um, fantastic. Just self-awareness, yeah. isn't it? Of knowing, one, how yeah. popular he is, but two, that would have been a lot of people that would have been annoyed with him. So, yeah. So, no no, <laughs> Mendy. As we said, Sané got the goal. Uh, David Silva got another on the 20-minute 20-minute mark. That was his 50th in the Premier League. This was almost a Bilver and Silver combination. It was, and they looked really good together. In fact, I'd almost say um, Bernardo's probably been City's form player so far. Yeah, I mean, has he has he done enough to cement a starting spot, do you think? Balls? Well, oh, the difference is he's probably playing a bit more centrally rather than... Mm. Last season he was out wide, so he's more, I think, with... Um, What's his name? De Bruyne. What's his name? Oh, who? De Bruyne. Who? Exactly. Who is he? Um, with him out, uh, he gets a bit more time in the middle and it's probably where he's at his best. So. And that's what I was about to say was, yeah, look, I think at the moment he's probably ahead of Gundogan in, in the middle. But, I mean, when De Bruyne comes back, you'd say, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Bilva, but yeah, you, you're just not quite there yet. Well, then I think he can sort of dovetail in for Silva, Bilva. Um, original Silva. And Gundogan's role is probably more to give a bit of relief for Fernandinho, who's about yeah. 34, still running his legs off every day. It's how, amazing. How good was his pass for Sane's first yeah. goal? Yeah. So good. I mean, that was the kind of ball that you would expect from, from a winger like who's in their prime bombing down the sideline. But not only the pass, but just the vision to just jump on yeah. that sloppy play that's like yeah. straight from the off and get it out to, uh, get it out to Sane straight away. baited them into it. Yeah. He sort of held off, held off, waited for, um, I think it was Seri to... Uh, yeah, to, to play to play the pass just... and just saw it coming, but as you said, Cobb's really positive to see. Um, Fulham still trying to be aggressive. Uh, mm. Most teams will set up against City to to park the bus and be criticised for it and cop three goals at least have a go, which they did. Yeah, and boys, what do you think about Fulham's performance? I mean, it was obviously a comprehensive win by City, but do, does anyone want to revise their Fulham prediction, or was City just too good? No, look, th- that was a good Fulham performance. They're playing the, the champions. There's a reason they're the champions. 3-0's not too bad, particularly the way Fulham were playing. Other teams have been opened up much worse. It tells us how Fulham are not going to change their approach yeah. regardless of who they're playing. Which I and think we knew they'd so be very brave. open, yeah. yeah. How fantastic is that, though? Yeah. Like, after we were saying about last year, you had three, we had three promoted teams who've all come up and were all really pragmatic. We're happy to sit back. Newcastle defended with a back six yeah. against City yeah. at home. And for Fulham, it was probably just like a free hit, right? Like, yeah. the manager would have just said yeah, to them, all right, we're not, we're not changing the way we play. We're probably going to get tonked, but go out there and let's let's just play football the way well, we had, play. They had Cessna at right back. Yeah. Again. I, I actually thought he, if we're talking Fulham players, yeah. I thought he did really well against Sterling. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which was, I thought, oh, geez, this, this could be really tough for him. But he matched him for pace. Mm-hmm. He um, There was one point when he, he put a foot in, uh, this really str- like a, a strong challenge, and... Uh, the the opposite the the city player I can't remember who it was but they've then taken the tumble onto the ground and Sessegnon's given him the old get up mate like come on it was a good tackle which I thought was fantastic like yeah. there's an eighteen year old that just did, there's no uh, intimidation at all he is he's fired up and he's he's ready to give it to any player regardless of who they are it's, thought it was awesome yeah. yeah so Andy I've got a question for you as our resident city fan bit Go of on. bit of trivia for you. <laughs> Uh, so, David Silva today brought up his 50th Premier League goal. Yes. Uh, he is the fifth player to do so for Manchester City. Who are the other four? It's oh, a tough one without notice. Um, Completely without notice, but uh, no, I, I, I think, I I think you'd be able to guess them. Yeah. They're not obscure. 
Is in just 50 or... Yeah, to, to pass 50. In, in the Premier League or ever? Yeah, in the Premier League. This season or just Not this season. Well, Dilva oh, hasn't oh. scored 50 this season, but for 50 <laughs> goals for City in the Premier League. Oh, okay. Aguero, certainly. Correct. Uh, fuck, let me think. Tommy, do you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Correct. Tura, of course. Yeah, uh, go on. I'll give you... Oh, Tevez, sure. Tevez, yes. Yeah. One more. Why not? Jekko? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I know, well it's, I know it's not Georgia Samaras. <laughs> good boy. Good stuff, boys. Yeah, oh, we got it. We got that. That's oh, very good. The only other thing I want to mention about this match before before we go on is just a little bit of mascot chat. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Can't escape it, can we? No. Uh, so I think before... this needs a spin-off podcast. <laughs> we can do a whole podcast on mascots. So before the game, when, when everyone was walking out, you know, the little the, the kids are actually mascots as well, technically, that as yeah. they're coming, as being let out onto the pitch with the players. And and City actually had two of their lifelong fans, uh, a couple of uh, lovely ladies in their 90s and one was in her 100s, uh, Vera and Olga, getting to walk out as mascots. I just thought that was a nice touch and I didn't realise City had fans before 2008. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Let's move on. Uh, well, speaking of a club that is losing fans by the minute, uh, they may have regained some, and it was Watford and Man U. They're dead to us now. <laughs> I was talking about Man U losing fans. Oh. Watford. I'm still, I'm still on the Watford bandwagon. Uh, that one finished up two one. Uh, to United, uh, Lukaku on the 35th minute used his big rig to guide a ball. He used his belly to put that in, didn't he? <laughs> yes. That's a good excuse to eat burgers before the game. You just <laughs> pop it in off your belly. <laughs> um, then three minutes later, it was uh, Chris Smalling with his Travis Scott braids. What um, a goal this was, though. Let's talk about the goal. hair, but this yeah. was a striker's finish. No, it looked really good, didn't he? Off the chest, on the turn, and just smashes it into the top of the net. And I hate to say it, nice little ball from Fellaini. Yeah. 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 That was clearly rehearsed as well. It was. That was definitely from the training ground. Yep. Oh, look, it, it's it's no secret that Man United, whenever there's a whenever there's a goal, uh, put it on Fellaini's head. Exactly. Yeah. And if if you're not looking where Fellaini's going, yeah, uh, yeah. and then going, yeah, we need to get a guy the, on Fellaini because the they're going to kick it to him. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. it doesn't take rocket science to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did think the. Um, Fulham defender. I think it was. I think it was Yardmark. Could have been a little bit closer to uh, to Smalling, but yeah, if anyone set pieces yeah. this season has not been great from just about any team. You'd say. Yeah, and do we think that might be a bit of a hangover from some of the the World Cup and some of the early season uh, fouls that were given in the box for stuff that previously yeah. might have gone unnoticed, mm-hmm. but potentially referees yeah, seem to be that more switched on to yeah. the grappling at the moment. So maybe people are backing off. And uh, Watford did get a consolation though. I think it was Gray in the sixty fifth minute. Um, yep. Dukure with the assist, but uh, guys, what did you think of Watford? I I think they definitely didn't ashamed themselves. I thought yep. they were good value out there, but this was a this was a Man United team that um, I mean Pogba was really in the mood. I think he yeah, he, he was unlucky not he to get two or three. Couple, yeah. Like yep. um, some of them, he absolutely belted from sort of twenty five meters out, but just went straight at the goalkeeper. Which on another day, goalkeeper might have still fluffed up, but. Um, De Gea had a big game, returned to yeah, form, boys. Yeah, a couple both, of good, both good saves. keepers, actually. I thought Foster was really good as well. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Are you, is anyone surprised that Foster didn't go anywhere else other than Watford? And he, he went quite late in the transfer window as well. Ah. Uh, well, Not you surprised. Think, you no. think that's about his level? Watford's Watford. a good spot for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. And he's and and Watford needed someone like him yeah. as well. It was yeah. a good match for both both parties. I think and that was Gomez a good deal. was there before him. And yeah, he and was Gomez. Good for is, them, but... Yeah, Gomez was good for a while, but he's he's not getting any younger. Even though um, you know Foster's not a spring chicken, but um, he's a bit more athletic than than Gomez. I think. Um, marijuana Fellaini. Obviously, we know that <laughs> he's Fellaini. a uh, marijuana <laughs> Fellaini. Obviously, we know he's a uh, Mourinho player, but is he actually any good? He's he's no. played a lot of minutes no. and uh, man of the match today. No, no, no he's not good. W- would you bring him into your fantasy team, Colby? No, no. <laughs> someone you definitely don't want in your fantasy team is Matic. Yeah, yeah. silly red Absolutely. card. So late in the Lost game, lost his head. That that's got to kill you if you're a fantasy manager. Anyone that brought Matic in, yeah, yeah. he should be he someone should, like Ryan Fraser. Yeah, he should be sending out an apology too. Got a got a couple of stats here as well, boys. Um, Lukaku, so he's got 20 goals in 39 Premier League appearances now for United. And so that's actually the third, no, fourth quickest uh, to get to 20 goals uh, in United's history. Right. Uh, here we were talking about how he's a Spartan, there's a flash in the pan and all the rest flash of that. So 
I, I just thought that was a good stat. And, and such a memorable goal as well, using the rig to get it yeah. in. Using the rig, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. Oh, um, you love that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and another, another player that I wanted to just mention was Sanchez, uh, in contrast to Lukaku, who's actually, um, you know, at least statistically been quite effective for United, has... Uh, has Sanchez done enough? Oh, I thought he looked pretty average in this game, actually. When I was yeah. watching it, I thought he's done a lot. And he didn't... I don't know, he just doesn't look the same as he did at Arsenal. He seemed to be... It almost looks like he's lost a half a yard. I don't know. I'm unconvinced. I thought Sanchez would actually be much better off for having had a break um, this summer. This is, I think it was same. the first summer yeah. where he didn't have an international tournament on. Um, and I think, as a result, he's 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 actually had time to, to have a rest and... He's maybe lost that a lot of that intensity. Maybe before he was just running on adrenaline. He's been running on adrenaline for the last five years, and now that that's gone, he's he's struggling to get a full head of steam again. Yeah, he's one Which, of Jamie Vardy's Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a full head, uh, <laughs> Chris Smalling's hair is that the source of his power, or? Uh, well, there's got to have some redeeming quality because it looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about? Potential on goal there. Just Bournemouth, Leicester. Uh, So this one finished 4-2 to Bournemouth. Uh, Ryan Fraser with two goals and an assist. On fire. Absolutely on fire. Is he he one of the most underrated players in the Premier League? He's one of the shortest. Um, (laughs) But, uh, look, he he was fantastic. Yeah. Look, he he puts himself about and he's all about intensity and hard running and... um, and he was just, he was really, really effective. I think um, probably what was most underrated about this game was uh, Bergovic. And there was a couple of other Who? sort of... Who's Bergovic? Bergovic. He's the new McDonald's mascot. Bergovic. <laughs> <laughs> it's mascot chat. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple of really great um, blocks and, and saves yeah. made by uh, Bournemouth, which up until the last five minutes of the game made... Leicester made it appear as though at least uh, that Leicester weren't really in the game, but there was a couple of chances for Madison and um, and Vardy where you go, geez, that goes slightly differently. They score, um, but it just it was really not Leicester's day today. And I actually think they four two was a much better reflection of the game, but but Bournemouth really did take all their chances. Copping four goals good. is never good though. Nah. Do you think there's any issue with Leicester's defence, particularly when um, you've got Wes Morgan still? Lining up there, yeah, and Harry Maguire's yeah. not particularly quick either. Like, yeah, um, I think because I actually thought they looked a lot better with uh, Johnny Evans beside um, beside. Yeah, that's kind of uh, weird, Harry isn't Maguire, it? Yeah, Johnny Evans isn't starting. Yeah, I mean he's not. I much mean, the, younger, I, I, but... maybe it's the, maybe it's just the captaincy that means something when Wes Morgan's fit. He's the captain. He plays. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem to happen over at, uh, at Liverpool for Paul. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Paul Hendo's uh, got to have his minutes managed this season. Yeah, I think one thing that might have affected Maguire, he did cop a yellow card, I think, on the 12th minute. So I think yeah. he was obviously conscious and then, uh, I think, conscious of that. And then, and then the big Wes... freight train, where's Morgan? Yeah, he got, he got his Morgan just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, we said this before, like, we watched that panel, that uh, red card again, and, like, we thought all the challenges were probably okay by themselves, but it was three in a row. He just couldn't stop, like... Knocking yeah. people over. Yeah. No, but three sort of regulation fouls. Like, they, mm. they don't accumulate like that. Well, they don't. And there was nothing malicious think... in them. He just sort of got up ahead of steam. He was running yeah. and he just sort of couldn't stop himself and <laughs> just ran into a couple of blokes. Tommy, you've been there. You've done that plenty you, of This times. is a classic <laughs> Tommy Close. That's Tommy Close. That's every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. It's really, really all I oh, wanted to say about Paul <laughs> <Palmer Plester. laughs> uh, Another game that had four goals for one team was Chelsea and Cardiff. That finished 4-1. But it was actually Cardiff that took the lead there through Big Soul Bamber on the 16th minute. Big lad with a karate kick. Did not expect a karate kick from Soul Bamber. But, um, I'll tell you good. what, I, I did probably expect Jorginho to get beaten by one of the more physical players in the league, though. Yeah. That's, um, yeah that, was think, a, that was a match-up for all time. <laughs> I think that's that's going to be something that we're going to see more of, is mm. people going, Jorginho is a player who looks fantastic on the ball and just his passing distribution stuff is fantastic, but... Defensively, he's not 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 a liability, no, but he, physicality. He's, he makes tackles, he, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. Physical. He just puts a puts a foot in. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of teams will be going. Yeah, we we can physically intimidate him or try to get one over him. So, so the yeah. game finished four one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it looked like a, a great win for Chelsea. Uh, have they gone up a gear now, or a cut off just terrible? I think Hazard's gone up a gear. 
Do you think? Well, yeah, he just he just seems so much happier. I mean, he obviously like had a great, great game, but is but he consistent enough? the last couple enough? of weeks, he's had a smile on his face and he's looked like he's enjoying playing. Um, I mean, look, Cardiff are also... Yeah, Cardiff, Cardiff. Um, still, uh, nothing wrong with getting a getting a hat-trick and obviously William to, to cap it off at the end. Chelsea looked good. I thought they looked good. Yeah. I mean, but we've seen this from Hazard over the past... You know, a couple of seasons at mm. least in the Premier League, and there's always been a, a reason or an excuse for it, a falling out with a particular manager, a coming back from injury, etc., uh, etc. Et but he'll have a game like this, and you go, he could walk into the Madrid or Barcelona starting lineup, and you know that that justifies, I suppose, why they've been chasing him both for for years. But and then he'll he'll go missing for a couple of games or or barely feature. I think. He's a bit more consistent, I think, than what you're making him out to be. Yeah. But at the same time, I think um, people, a lot of people around, I guess, the world have been looking for who will who will take Messi mm. and uh, Ronaldo's mantle as like those sort of two amazing footballs. And I think you forget that after outside of those two, every other footballer they do have off days. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, he's I consistently mean, good, but he's not consistently like an, yeah, like a Ronaldo or Messi standard like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. If that's kind of like the tennis debate with the you know the golden age of tennis being over and who's going to be up next. Like, there's plenty of good players yeah. out there. Maybe we need the others to retire before we can actually appreciate mm. how good some of these guys are. Yeah. Uh, one guy that may be underappreciated is um, Olivier Giroud. Two assists. Big had a he good had a game. good game. He didn't score, but he uh, just like at Focal the World point. Cup, I feel like he did everything else. Mm. Yeah, what he, what he does. It's what he does when he's not putting the ball in the back of the net. It's important. Well, the first one for Hazard, I think he he played a really nice touch. Like, he had to really control the ball. A little it back, was a, a back, back heel flick. Yeah, he just had to control it and, yeah. and play a short pass between two players. It was... Um, no, it's the awareness to do it and the technical ability to be actually able to pull it off. Exactly. And I think that's probably the most underrated part of his game is his technical ability. Because he's, yeah. he's a Colby Kyle... Uh, sorry. <coughs> a Colby-style big man. Um, but what a lad... <laughs> Um, but he he's very good technically. Yeah, he's not just like a big lump up front. He's very well, remember good that ball vo- that volley he scored for France from about I don't know thirty five out um, out on the wing. He yeah. like that was that's, he can do that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know he's good. Yeah. But um, let's move on. Uh, one game we won't spend a lot of time on is Huddersfield Palace. That finished one nil to Palace uh, over at the John Smith Stadium. Uh, Palace were without Ben Teke, who's uh, got a knee injury, so Jordan Ayew led the line. Mm. Uh, there wasn't a lot by way of chance in this game. It was back and forth, but there was a moment of brilliance from uh, Willie Zaha. Yeah, that wasn't Cole. even a chance. Zaha just, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. Had three or four defenders on him, cuts in had where he had no right to cut in and just smashes it into the far post. He almost starts, uh, he almost receives line. the ball, yeah, like almost on halfway. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe five yards inside. Some people the, were comparing his movement to Gareth Bale at Spurs, that kind of, uh, that power and pace, yeah, at, yeah. At, you know, cutting in from the wing. And and just, you watch it and go, how do you get near him? How do you stop that? Mm. Uh, because when you do have that power and pace, it's so, so difficult to stop. Mm. Good good comparison. I like yeah, that. I enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, and what's what do we think his ceiling is? I mean, he's clearly too good to be at Palace, and, and the Palace fans yeah. know it as well, but we're, like, what, what kind of a club could he... Feasibly go to former Watford. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's he's grown a lot mentally. Uh, he's yeah. he's talked about it. How he was he was a young lad when he went to at least mentally when he went to Man United mm-hmm. and um, he was not ready. Um, but since then he's he's grown up a lot and he now as we're seeing he's able to take on that responsibility and I think I think it'd be really interesting to see if he went to like an Arsenal or something Spurs. like that. Wouldn't Spurs love yeah, him? Yeah, um, I think. We know he's good enough, but it's just whether or not he, he would be able to mentally deal with coming in and out of the team and the expectation being that you put in a performance like that every week um, and if you don't perform like that, you get dropped. Whereas he's, I guess, um, what's the word I'm after? Um, they just kind of let him, if he has a bad game, it's like, oh, well, we don't really have anyone else that can take his spot. Whereas at a bigger club, mm. there's going to be three or four other players who are going to be saying, you have a bad game, I'm taking a spot, mate. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of that, yeah, that friendly rivalry. Whereas, yeah, all of that responsibility sits on his shoulders at Palace. And, mm. I thought uh, Palace struggled a little bit, uh, believe it or not, without Benteke. I don't think the, sort of, the same sort of chemistry is there between Townsend and IU and, and um, Zaha together. I think the other guys have obviously had a few games together. 
I thought the movement didn't look quite there, even though I use obviously a lot more mobile than Ben Teke. Yeah. Uh, the other two sort of didn't sort of know how to play around him, whereas mm. with um, Big Christian, they know exactly where to go. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, we, like we've been saying, that's actually a very settled front three with Ben Teke, Zaha and Townsend. Um, I agree, Andy. Um, Huddersfield, I thought, actually controlled most of this game, yeah. and they were they were unlucky to sort of be put out by a moment of brilliance from Zaha. But they they really don't have a lot of end product, and and didn't no. finish off a, a lot of chances that they had. Almost. One of their best chances was for Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy, yeah. almost yeah. a moment, fan. almost a moment of brilliance for um for Aaron Moy. Lovely volley, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it's unlucky not to score. Like, but yeah. yeah. And what what do we think? What do we think Moy's best position is at Huddersfield? I mean, he, he's he's played in a four two three one in a six there for Huddersfield, and he plays as more of an eight for the Socceroos. He looked he looked great in that six role. I've always thought we you you need him more further up the pitch, but he was uh, he was really pulling the strings in this game. I think it depends on the context. Mm. Um, against uh, better teams, I think he's good enough to be a be a six at this level. I'm just not sure if he's quick enough to play as a genuine eight in the in the Premier League, especially in like a in a two man midfield. Um, but I mean, I mean, not not depends comparing the system, apples and oranges. On the but yeah. he was playing as a genuine eight in the in the A League in a three man midfield, and mm. just he was genuinely box to box, and mm. he was one of the best players in the A League ever. Yeah, uh, Chief wants to move us on because yeah. we're talking too <laughs> much Australian <laughs> football. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Aaron Moy is? Do you know what the yeah, A-League is? Come on. All right. Um, Arsenal-Newcastle, again, won't spend much time on nah. it, but 2-1 to Arsenal. Uh, this didn't look like much fun to watch, so... It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think Optus knew that and, and yeah. didn't even put it uh, put the the full match on demand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to say about this game other than where's Torreira? Why isn't he playing? Genduzzi's obviously been playing well, but what what does this bloke why, have to do, do to bring, get a why game? Why do you bring him in? Yeah, why do you keep all the other? Why don't you play all the other like you know shit defensive midfielders that you've got? <laughs> <laughs> um, when Shaka scored, which makes it even more difficult yeah. I think, for him to get in. If, mm. if Shaka's doing well, which yeah. I don't think Torreira can really replace him. Like Torreira is more likely to replace uh, Guendouzi. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see see how they go in a couple of weeks. All right, moving on to tonight's uh, Premier League game. So we've got uh, West Ham are playing Everton at Everton. Um, and then we've also got uh, Wolves are hosting Burnley um, and Southampton are hosting Brighton as well. So A um, couple of relegation battles in here, Tom. Yeah. And you've also got Wolves-Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> Burnley have lost their last five. Um, is this post-Europe, Europe, Burnley, you don't know what you're going to get now. Burnout. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> He's done it. <laughs> Uh, is this the one they turn it around? What do you guys reckon? Well, I want Wolves to win because we've got to have one darling of the podcast. Fulham and Watford have lost this week, so one of our one of our darlings have got to got to keep us interested. Oh, Burnley, one of our darlings too. No, no they're last year's darlings. They're last. They're, they're so twenty seventeen eighteen. I actually want Burnley to get up this weekend because I, I feel like this is one of their better chances to get some points, and they will look at this team and go, "Yep, that Burnley are a big physical team." Um, and they'll look at Wolves and say, yep. Yeah. They're not. Yep. Yeah, exactly. This is this All is three fixtures here, you've got teams that are eyeing each other off, thinking, right, we're, we're on to get some points here. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, who do you guys think is going to uh, take out the points in the Wolves-Burnley game? Wolves. Wolves. <laughs> Despite we want, we'd like to see Burnley go, but yeah, I think it's I, Wolves. I think this is actually going to be a draw, but... Okay. Score draw. Right. Score draw. Yep. Stay on the fence then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's making a decision. Um, all right. Everton versus West Ham. Do you guys want to talk about this one? Oh, just one thing. I noticed um, Jimenez is apparently out for Wolves. Is that going to make a difference? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I still think Light it's going to... Well, maybe it could be a, a goal straw then. Okay. <laughs> goal straw it is. Um, Everton, West Ham. <laughs> Tommy. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> Come on, Tommy. We're not going to talk about West Ham for you. This is your job. I'm actually going to talk a bit more about Everton because they're missing quite a, quite a few players. So they're missing uh, Jaggy Elka, Keane, Mina, Coleman, Charleston, Gomez and McCarthy. So um, look for West Ham. We've got a terrible record at Everton over the last forever. Um, but I think a lot of West Ham supporters will be going, well, coming back, back a bit fresher after the... 
uh, international break. Um, maybe this is actually more of a chance than what, what um, it normally would be to get some points mm. away at Everton. Now, Tommy, just on the injury front, I've just had a quick look at uh, West Ham. And aside from uh, Lanzini, who's obviously a, yeah, a long-term long out, yeah. uh, it looks like uh, not Hernandez, Wilshere, um and Carroll all out as well. And Reed. And yeah. Winston Reed. Yeah. So Carroll and Reed are both not really expected back before Christmas. Um, but uh, Chicharito's uh, ill um, and Wilshere, I think, picked up a knock during the week. So he's not expected it's to not play. not like him. Yeah, I know. Um. <laughs> Expected to be only one week, though, so um, Chicharito and Wilshere should be back next week. Yeah, West Ham's so. PLO Wilshere. That's, that's going to be a real, yeah. real loss for them. Southampton, Brighton. Oh, no no, no expectations or, or pre, uh, previews for the score, gents? I think this one will be a goals draw, too. Yeah, this is going to be a goals draw. <laughs> really? no, one all, I'm going to say. Um, one all, okay. West, West Ham victory. Maiden victory. For let's, go, let's go West Ham victory. Hey. You know. still going goals draw, Colby? <laughs> Don't want to no, change? No, I'm, I'm sticking. All right. one, one all. All right, and finally, um, Southampton hosts Brighton. Relegation six-pointer here. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I I think Southampton have shown something this season, which... As a Brighton, ex- as we mentioned a week or two ago, but... But it's Brighton away. Which I think that's yeah, important because Brighton yeah. are crap away from home. They're yeah. very good at home, as yeah. they showed against United, Man United, but away from home, they're pretty dire. Yeah, I've got two one Southampton uh, with the goal for Charlie Austin. So um, oh! Danny Danny Ings is injured though, I think from memory. Oh, so yeah, I right. think that could be it could be a big loss to them. He's been really good this mm. uh, so far this season. Yes. Charlie Austin has not been good this season. <laughs> Not yet, but this is the one to turn it around. Um, <laughs> one guy who has been good is Glenn Murray. We're going to see him on the score sheet again. Big Glenn Murray. I reckon he's getting one. Is it going to be a pen? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> or a header. Death yeah. flick. Yeah. Okay. We'll probably move on. Alrighty. Okay, and we're back. So um, we've got a few things to discuss now. Um, first one is um, wanted to touch upon very briefly UEFA's announcement that they're going, they're going to introduce a third European club competition. That's so what we um, need after the Nations League. Another <laughs> European Cup competition. I wonder if it'll be just as confusing. Um, anyway, so look, this um, kind of harks back to an era when there used to actually be three or four UEFA club competitions. So there used to be the Intertoto Cup, which was kind of the back door to the old UEFA Cup which was replaced by the uh, Europa League. Um, and then there used to be the Cup Winners Cup. So the, the winner of the FA Cup and all of the equivalents all around Europe would all play off against each other in a, in a pure knockout uh, competition. And then there was... then there was, This was also during the era when you had the UEFA Cup, which was all of the teams who came second um, in their respective leagues, they entered that competition. So obviously now you've got the Champions League where the top one or four or five teams in each league are all um, going straight into a uh, sorry a, a group phase and then then a knockout co- uh, competition. But I guess, um, look, the, the romantic within me really wants uh, something like the Cup Winners' Cup or the old-style uh, UEFA Cup where it's a pure knockout competition, no knockout, uh, sorry, no, no group stage round. It'd be fantastic if they brought in something like that, especially to, um, to give some... Emphasis back onto those those domestic cups. I think that'd be fantastic. Um, do you guys have any any particular thoughts on this? What something you'd like um, to see? Or one one question for you is: I mean, who's going to play in? in is it well, so they haven't announced be everyone. Because, no, I mean, uh, I don't know. Some of the clubs could probably do with a little bit less midweek football. I mean, I just know looking at say, for example, City's run of fixtures Burnley. for the next one. Burnley could definitely yeah. do with less club competitions, but City for then basically until they play Liverpool in mid October. Have a game every three days. Yeah, like the last thing they could use is another cup. They surely can't compete with that. No, I think that's something that it's important that they do is that this isn't just another cup for all yeah. of the player, all the, the the clubs that are in the or already in the Champions League. Um, I think the the idea is that this would be uh, I envisage, and that hasn't been fully fleshed out yet by by UEFA. I'd imagine this is going to be sort of a third tier competition, sort of one rung below the um, the. Was it called Europa, Europa League? Europa League. Um, yeah, right. So, uh, look. When, we'll, when is it too much? <laughs> uh, How much football uh, is too much? I, I'm not sure if uh, if your wafer are going to use this as almost like a precursor or um, or something like that to the that 
uh, European Super League or something like that. And you might see that this, it turns out that it is just the 10 richest teams in Europe all playing off against each other. I think what they're building um, towards in these cup competitions is is to eventually get to where they have um, four leagues. And within those four leagues, <laughs> they have four mini leagues. Each with, oh, wait, we've already got that. It's the Nations League. <laughs> please no, please no. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, I just remembered, and you, you did mention the Intertoto Cup before, and a bit of a question without notice for you guys. Do you know who the last Premier League team was to qualify for the Europa League via the Intertoto Cup? Was it Fulham? It was Man City. Oh, really? It was. Um, and they qualified for the Intertoto Cup via fair play, so by having less yellow cards. And, and this is back in the days when um, Richard Dunn was at the heart of defence, uh, along yeah. with... Um, Micah Richards and uh, Neda Manua. So Micah actually, Richards. Actually, quite a, a good effort for them, especially with um, yeah, Big Ricky leading the uh, defense, <laughs> the Dunny monster. All right. Um, I guess um, let's get moving. But if you've got any thoughts on how how you would like to see the um, the, the third European club competition, um, keep them to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we'll move on now to... Um, so last week we talked about... Um, we responded to Andy Budniak's question about um, your best five-a-side uh, team uh, drawing t- uh, players from a, a range of different different teams uh, that you support or from your national team. And so we, we've been flooded with responses this week um, on the Facebook page. And look, there's been some really fantastic teams. It's been really, really, I've really enjoyed it. Cracking teams. Um, watching all of these teams roll in and seeing all of the different sort of supporters, uh, teams that have been represented and so on. And so... Uh, the Budniak Cup's got about as many teams as all of these European yeah. competitions. <laughs> and... It's easy to understand. <laughs> yeah. Very um, simple very format. Simple. Um, we should just run through that quickly. Uh, what are the rules, Tommy, for the uh, Budniak Cup? The rules are important, just for anyone fellas. That, the rules are very important. The rules are important, and we will get back to those <laughs> rules. Um, some people didn't pay attention to them, and uh, you'll find out your fate shortly. But, uh, Tommy, what were the rules? Um, so, I'm just Well, gonna... it was one player from uh, the team that you support was one player from your team's rival, it was one player from the national team that you support, a retired player, yeah. and a player from the A-League. Yeah. Well done, Colby. That's, thank you um, for memorising those while I was madly <laughs> running madly on, my, on my five-year-old iPad trying to find the Facebook post. Yeah, so how are we going to go through this, fellas? So so maybe it's probably best if we address the teams that didn't make it yeah. uh, for, for, for various reasons. And so, for the record, every team made it as far as I'm concerned. I just want to put that out there on the record. Chloe, I'm uh, not disqualifying anybody. When, when will your participation medals go out in the post? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's get, who gets the first participation medal from Colby? Uh, Tommy? Uh, so unfortunately, Justin Celia didn't nominate a goalkeeper, so um, it was pretty easy to um, to exclude from the Andy Budnow Cup. And I that... think I think Justin is has intended that KSK Honda is going to sit in in the goal as a fly keeper in futsal. So Justin, I really like your team. I like what you've done with it. Oh, you're a great team. He was so close. He just. <sighs> One minor error, which is that there is one person that has to stand in the sticks. I think Justin's team would let in fewer goals than your team with Galekovic, mate. (laughs) Listen, you are talking about Galekovic, who uh, I'll remind you was the 2010 Adelaide United Player of the Year. Yeah, eight years ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get back to my team, but anyway, Justin, you're out. Another another player who uh, oh, sorry another another listener who um, didn't have a goalkeeper was Ryan Bray so uh, sorry Ryan unfortunately you you didn't actually sorry Wait, Nick, oh, he's he's got got to got... oh wow wow that's an oversight so um yeah wash so, your uh, mouth yeah. Yeah. <laughs> apologies Ryan but um goals for next I think uh, maybe we need to revisit our um our honourable mentions then because I think we we actually really Ryan like Bray the team. wins it for me I, I yeah, reckon I his team oh no 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 sorry no I take that back I reason I remember why we disqualified him. him it's because he doesn't have an A League player yeah so look that's a that's a really minor technicality you've that we've got, got technicality Tommy over here <laughs> Azadi was in the A League as and I mean yeah. he's well, still he's still I mean if we want to get technical uh, Azani um, hasn't played his first game for Celtic yet and the A League hasn't yet started for this season and I guess you could say technically. Del Piero was an a, a league player at one point. Uh, but, um, no, still disqualified. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like your team though. Well done, Ryan. And then there was uh, there was one other. I tried, player, Ryan. Sorry. One other person who whose team didn't have a um, 
Didn't have an A-League player. Or correction, it did have an A-League player. Had Case K Honda. Uh, but he didn't name a goalkeeper. And that was Rory Roberts. Yeah. So um, apologies, Rory. Unfortunately, you don't progress uh, past the first round of the Eddie Bunyak Cup. That's bullshit, Rory. <laughs> yeah. You'll get your medal in the mail this week. <laughs> so which teams did stand out for you, Tommy? Yeah, look, uh, I guess we... Before uh, before the pod started today, we've gone through and named, uh, I guess, a couple of honourable mentions. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll I'll talk about my honourable mention, and then if you guys want to want to go through your respective ones. So my my first one was uh, was Steve Burby's. Uh, so Steve Burby had in goals he had Ollie Kahn as his retired player. And I think we should mention as well. You get your retired player at their peak. It's like it's like the FIFA team of all time where you get Ronaldo and etc. All at their at their peak rating as well. So this is this is Oli Khan in his youth. Yeah. So uh, Oli Khan, obviously one of the best goalkeepers of all time, um, won the uh, was it the Golden Ball at the you know the Golden, Golden Glove. Glove. But it, I think he did actually win European uh, Footballer of the Year at one point. I think it was in the year two thousand. Anyway, I can't. That's not a question. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, so um, uh, you've got uh, Oli Khan in goals. Uh, then you've got Meza Uzel. Harry Kane, Keisuke Honda, and Mila Yedinak, which uh, is a pretty tasty team. And I think uh, so Steve was one of the one of the four teams that we we all picked out. Um, Andy, yeah. which uh, which one of the other three um, honourable mentions do you want to talk us through? Wait, who are the who are the other three? I forgot. So uh, who Louis, 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 Louis team, the 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 Dutch superstars from our Louis team. Scrolling through them now. Um, He's got Hakim Zayic, Robin Van Persie, Dennis Bergkamp, CM De Jong, and Raphael. Uh, not Raphael, sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> Virgil Van Dyke. I read VVD as uh, Van de Vaart, but um, Virgil Van Dyke. But no, still, still honourable mention from us. I think he subsequently changed that because he didn't have a keeper. So before he he got uh, disqualified by uh, the commissioner. <laughs> um, he, He's been reinstated. He, he actually uh, he actually threw in an A League keeper. Uh, so good on you, Louis. That's a that's an excellent team. It's a shame it couldn't be a hundred percent Dutch, but we tried. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, well, so we've we've gone through Justin and Ryan. They were, they were two of my uh, favourite teams. Uh, Killian Carthy actually had a bloody good team as well with Hugo Lloris, uh, Torreira, Dennis Burkamp, KSK Honda. Yeah, we're sent, just getting a bit of a theme here, and uh, Seamus Coleman as well. Uh, well-balanced team, ticks the box for having a keeper. Oh, so my other one that I really liked was um, Michael Townsend's team. Uh, he's got uh, Matty Ryan, Michael Zullo, David Silva, Kaká and Juan Mata. And when, I, when I was Dilver, mate. Yeah, Dilver, all right. <laughs> um, when I was looking at these teams, I was thinking, which of these teams is going to be good for a five-a-side competition? Not necessarily the best players, but who do you want to play five-a-side? And that three of Dilver... Kaká and Mata. Decent. Like the look at them. Decent. Tommy, anyone, anyone else, else standing out for you, mate? Uh, yeah, but so the, the final one was... My team. Pardon? Surely my team. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately not. Um, <laughs> you should have gone goalkeeperless, mate. Galekovic is not doing anything. Uh, so you you just spoke about uh, 90s team? Yes. Yep. So uh, I think the final team was Eddie Goulding's team. Yeah. Um, so, look, classic, classic, Banks. classic callback to, uh, I guess, another all-time great goalkeeper. Um, uh, he's got Gordon Banks in goalkeeper, in goal, sorry. Um, then Shane Duffy of, of Brighton fame. Um, uh, KSK Honda, Mesut Ozil and Harry Kane. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are our four teams. Um, we'll put up a little finals bracket on the, um, on the Facebook page during the course of next week and, and sort of let you know how we think that that'd all play out. But um, the only other team that I wanted to give a, a mention to was uh, John Stomo's team. Uh, I actually think that by the end of that match, it would just be Matty Ryan um, just by himself because everyone else would have got red carded. He <laughs> <laughs> had Kennedy, Lee Catamol, Ronaldo and Sim De Jong. Yeah. There's a lot of aggression in that team, i tell you what. Real fiery team. Real yeah. fiery team. So, yeah, that was um, really good. Really enjoyed getting uh, all these teams sent in and um, lovely to get some responses back for the questions last week. Um, did we have yeah. any other questions come in? Because I, I did want to follow up. I, I, I actually left a, a little voicemail for you last week, uh, Colby, and I have another 
guest follow-up question. Now, last oh, week... All right. You, you know I, you're actually on the pod this week, so you don't... You that's right. You're the question. You're, no, you're I ask you questions anytime. I, I still want to ask a question. Um, last week, you know, I did ask about the dictaphone that you sold, and I yeah. understand that this week uh, you sold a pair of shorts. Yeah, I did. Um, I haven't sold them yet. I'm, I'm posting them on Monday. <laughs> now, um... I'm a bit confused by this. I mean, we've we've come out of winter, and someone surely could have bought some shorts on sale. Um, how much did you sell these ones for? Forty bucks, mate. That's a that's a bargain. Bucks. Yeah, they're I'm brand new. It's got the tags on it. <laughs> yeah, as Just I take said, them back. <laughs> <It's too hard>. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I think we can safely agree that someone has overpaid for this pair of shorts. I don't know if they're a listener or not. Was it but, Colby? Did Colby overpay? Uh, it, might, it, it might have been. I'm as well as reselling them. But Colby, I wanted to ask you. Who is the most overpriced player in the transfer window? And, um, yeah, who's, who else is overpaid this year? Ooh, and that's a question without notice, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not Richarlison, because he's, uh, he's proved to be every worth every bit of the £45 million. Pounds. Ooh, I think the red card sort of, <laughs> sort of colours that a little bit. Long now, season. It's a long season. But right now, though. Mm. Right now, who looks to have been the most overpriced? <clears throat> oh... What about Felipe Anderson? Yeah, yeah, he was one that actually was coming to mind. Oh, yeah. Felipe Anderson. Long season, yeah. long season. Yeah. Yeah, the club he's, really... At least he's played every game, unlike uh, Ritalis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as um, no one says that the club had their pants pulled down over that transfer. Oh. Yeah. Look, um, Pellegrini... <laughs> nothing for pants pulled down. Absolutely nah. nothing. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, nah. Nah, you know, I, I, I can't joke about anything West Ham related. I always buy it every time. Yeah, yeah it's, that's... Uh, the easiest, easiest trick in the book, that one. Right, well, Colby, I can't wait to see what items you've relieved yourself of next week. There's still a few, few items out there if you want to get get around it. On this could country. be a good chance to um to plug them now if you feel. Yeah, so got, got a got a couple of pairs, got a couple of pairs of chinos there. Got an old digital camera if anyone's interested. <laughs> All of those uh, things going out of style rapidly. And if you want to get in contact with us, otherwise, you can always find us on Twitter at uh, More Than A Game Podcast and on Facebook at More Than A Game Podcast as well. Soon we'll be on Gumtree yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what a week and what an episode. Uh, look, I think that was some of the best football we've seen this, le- this season and also some of the best podcasting so far that we've done. Oh. Um, look, <laughs> thanks... <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back again next week with more. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, make sure you like the Facebook page for more football content and tie-ins throughout the week. Uh, until next week, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.